Welcome to Friend Wings Podcast, where Smashville and Hockey Town collide. And now your hosts, Brett and Ron White and D-Law, Dan Lawless. Well, hello, Rat Ron. What a week this is. What a week this has been. We're back, D-Law. We're back here. A lot of news to cover, a lot of fun stuff to go over. But you know what today is? Oh, yeah. It's recording day and the weekend, folks. Drinking All a right. beer out of a green can right now, and it's and it's not a cream ale. Well, actually, I'm not drinking, so. But I'm not. I'm surprised you. And I'm Peter, not. You guys, you you guys go way back to the uh, the old trough. I'm not drinking a beer tonight. No. Why not? Oh, actually, I haven't drank a beer on any episode. Oh. <laughs> well, you sure sound drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I always sound drunk. Well, I'm gonna call you D. Leonard instead of D. Law. Come on, D. Leonard. Well, without further ado, let's start with the game recaps. Well, oh God. it didn't start too well for the Predator. Well, I mean, it didn't. It started good for the Predators, but it, it didn't, didn't end, end well. well for the Predators. Well, first they had the Toronto Maple Leafs at home. And I'm like, remember last week I was like, I don't know, with Matthews and Martyr and the the Predators are coming off that loss to the Flyers. Yeah, just just make sure you tell Yossi to duck when he's got a cross check coming to his neck. Yeah, well, uh, Forsberg set the franchise goal record uh, in this in this game with 211. Look at uh, him go! Yeah, Trade but. Tanner Janot continues his hot streak, scoring his 21st goal. He scored his, uh, the first goal at 6-14 remaining in the first period. So, fake pretty rookie. Mu- pretty much the whole eh, – he's a rookie. He's <laughs> not a fake rookie like um, Bunting. What the hell's his name? Bunting. Oh, yeah. Bunting. Which was in he this He played for 100 too. teams before this game. He played for yeah. 52 different teams yeah. under 10 yeah. seasons, but he's still a rookie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A little on the NHL part, <laughs> right? So, so the forty-two-year-old rookie Michael Bunting has a great game today. Yeah. So, and then, uh, so then uh, Tolbin in made it two to nothing on a nice tip uh, in in the um, in the second, yeah, second period. But then Toronto got on the board to cut the lead to two to one. So it looked like it was going to be a nice up and down battle. Um, it was, you know, pretty much an offensive game. Not really a lot of uh, physicalness, uh, physicality. Excuse me. I can't Put the beer out. down. Yeah. Um, I don't drink uh, on this show. And then, uh, but then answered right back uh, to give the Preds a three to one lead. I like the, that kid. Let's can we stop and just talk about him for a second? You know, a couple years ago, they were talking that he was looking to get. You know, they're oh, he might be a good trade piece for for the Predators, and I remember telling you like I wanted that kid. He's getting he, he's good. He's I think he's a pretty good he, player. He's improving every year. He's you know he's solid. High, he he doesn't he doesn't get a lot of points, but he's solid defensively. But it's not it's it's his play though. Like he plays the game very well, and 
I think he would be a great defenseman pretty much anywhere he goes. Yeah, I, I like and, him. Yeah, and he's a he's a quiet leader because uh um you know, he had some comments um uh in this annual after this game uh, uh, uh just saying uh you know he uh, speaks as a character in the room i got a lot of young guys so then in the third period matthews uh, of course gets a rebound actually he I, he was like on the goal line and he kind of pushed threw it back in front of that and Banked it off of Soros. Um, yeah, he's he's um, he's amazing though. I mean, so that you, you just expect Matthews to have a goal every game he plays. I mean, that kid's that, phenomenal. That cut it to three to two, and here we go again. Maybe another loss, but uh, Forsberg with a great. Uh, that's when he broke his franchise record. Uh, put him up four to two. Now and were then, they in Toronto or were they in in Nashville for that? <laughs> That's hey, awesome. you I suck! Crowd, I bet the crowd went nuts when he when he broke that record. You guys just have incredible fans. Like, I'm jealous. Some days you don't yeah, have the and, banners, but you have the fans. And and they're really, um, you know, a lot a lot of teams, you know, they don't realize, you know, when a milestone is coming up, but they they've really got to that point, kind of like Detroit, you know, where they know they know every milestone, every player it seems like, and you know. And, then, of course, you know, this has been going for the last few few games, and so they, they were ready for him to break that uh, franchise record. Um, I believe it was Leguan, um that he broke the record. And then uh, Duchesne scored on a rebound on a Forsberg shot to put him up 5-2. to two. But Toronto didn't go away. They came uh, – Tavares scored. Uh, Pajama man. Uh, yeah. Um to make it five to three, and then uh, Trenton uh, sealed the deal on an empty net goal. Uh, the Duchesne. He's good at that. Yeah. Can can Trenton score a goal with a goalie in net or only when it's empty? Uh, I don't think so. Kind of like me. So you can only <laughs> score a goal if there's. Well, no, I actually, no, I actually, I, I don't think I, I don't think I have any empty net goals really. Why would you? Barely. Nobody pulls a goalie hardly. Out. Well, I shouldn't say that. People give it a shot, but it never works out. Great hit. All right, sorry. Go ahead. So, so that's that sealed the six to three win. So that was a nice, uh, a nice way to rebound from the Philadelphia loss. So then they moved. Uh, actually, they uh, the Predators went out to the West Coast. A uh, little Kelly Kelly trip. First, it was a stop in Anaheim, and well. It was more good news for them. Uh, Forsberg set another uh, franchise record uh, with a single-season goals record with 35 in this one. Hmm. Um, he had a five-point night, two goals and three assists. And uh, Tanner Janot and Couric from the Ducks, they, uh, they fought, but um, it was pretty much... Not even a fight. Tanner Drew just absolutely destroyed him. 
he, 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 he just, I think two punches and, and Kirk went down. <laughs> so, I don't think Kirk wanted to fight, fight him again. Uh, Duchesne scored, had two goals in this game, and Anaheim jumped out to an early, early lead. So, once again, the Predators' early woes, although usually it's the late woes lately. Um, but then, uh, so, you know, I was sick and, Uh-oh. yeah. So, 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 but, uh, and that was former Predator Derek Grant. Who scored on a rebound? Um, actually, I didn't even realize uh, he was a predator. I mean, it, it's that's I know it's kind of weird saying that. You know, being a Predators fan, that I didn't even realize Derek Grant was a predator. <laughs> he might have only played a couple of games, must be. But <laughs> but then uh, Yossi tied it up uh, late in the first period. As and then they open up the score, second period scoring uh, with a Ryan uh, Johansson power play goal. Uh, but the Ducks came right back, tied it up on a Terry, Troy Terry. Okay, yep. Uh, he's red hot. Oh, and then uh, Carrick had decided he didn't have enough. Uh, he didn't fight Janot uh, you know, this time. He had to go with Burrowitchie. Um, but Burr, she won that one, but it was a little bit closer in a fight. Um, he, uh, he got a couple punches in, but Burrowitzki was just too strong for Carrick, so. Two fights and two losses for Carrick, I don't know if he wanted to, I don't think he's going to fight again. At least not with the Preds. No? Uh, then we go in the third period, that's when Forsberg gets his 34th. And that was, oh wait, yeah, that was his 34th goal. Uh, he stole the, yeah, it was a nice play. He stole the puck. And then it gave, it gave the Preds a 3-2 to two lead. And that was uh, early in the third. And then Duchesne gets his 33rd. So Duchesne and Forsberg were going out a little, you know, little, uh, little, little, um, Competition seems like you know. I, I want. I, I'm going to beat you. No, I'm going to beat you. Kind of like me and you that one year. <laughs> I think you beat me though. And then, um, so that put the Preds up two that on the power play. Uh, Give a four to two, um, four to two lead. But then the Ducks came right back and cut it to four to three. Midway through the third, and guess who? Yakov Grant again. The former predator. <laughs> so, so, but then, uh, and the Preds power play scored again with Duchesne getting his 34th. So he tied Forsberg for a second. <laughs> that gave the, that gave him a 5-3 to three win. And then uh, Forsberg, well, yeah, here we go. Another empty net goal. Bye. <laughs> Forsberg. <laughs> For which was his thirty fifth and the uh, record, uh, the one that broke the single season record. Um, 
That was actually a, a, a tap in, empty net tap in. Well, make you take it six to three. Get him, I guess. Yeah, but uh, Yossi extended his point streak in this one to ten games. He's the first active defenseman to record a multi-double-digit run since uh, the last one was no other than. I think you're familiar with him. Any guesses? Nick Lidstrom. How'd you know? <laughs> well, I, I think Mo Sider's got a couple of those. I, I, that... I want to I double-check these stats because I think Sider's got a, a few multi-game streaks. Assists, that... goals. Uh, double d- double digit. That was um, Lidstrom did it in 2010, 2011, and 1999, 2000. Okay. And I got to fact check you. Um, actually, I found not. That's actually it was on the uh, NHL.com site. So go ahead. So um, uh, and after this game, uh, David Poyle discussed his desire to keep the team together after this, after the trade deadline, which we talked about in a special bonus episode uh, the other day. Uh, he wanted to keep his team together because of the production this year and the success throughout the season. So that was just a little... And I, I kind of like that. I like that mentality for them because I feel like they... I, I don't want to say they're in a rebuild, but they're a young enough team to really wait and see where they're where the ceiling is in a lot of these guys. Like Forsberg, I think we know his ceiling. Yossi, we know his ceiling. Janot, we have no idea. I mean, there's just so many young, talented players on that team that you just don't you don't know what direction they're gonna take. Like it's it's hard because you don't wanna ditch somebody and then they turn into, you know, a, a phenomenal NHL star. So I think the Predators are actually in a good spot, which surprised me because I've talked to you about this a few times, D-Law, and they, uh, you know, I always said they should be sellers or buyers. You know, I've always got an opinion on on it because it's like, well, they're they're just kind of stale. They're just kind of like stagnant. And that's not, I don't mean that in a bad way, but, you know, they made it to one Stanley Cup Finals championship, and then they've just kind of, you know, lulled their way into the playoffs. So I've always been the, the guy that's like, you know what? you guys need to sell, sell, sell and rebuild or, you know, find a way to get massive, you know, names in there. And, and Poyle's doing an okay job. You know, I can't, I can't knock him as much as I used to. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're kind of going backwards. It's like, it's like the old uh, two steps, uh, or one, two sets back, one step forward thing. Yeah. But I think, I think but, Poyle's got it figured out though. And he, I'm he's drafting the likes of Janot and guys like that. I think he's kind of getting it figured out. Uh, on that note, <laughs> they took a few steps backwards the next night. It was a back-to-back night in L.A., so no travel there. Just basically, what, what maybe 20 miles? I don't know how far they are, are and I'm in L.A. <clears throat> and, <clears throat> of course, this was on ESPN uh, Plus, was it? Uh, Leah... Your favorite uh, comment here, uh, Leah Hextall, was doing the play-by-play. And, that dry mannequin. Uh, it was like, I swear she gets she was an L.A. Kings announcer. Cause, I have to mute her. Like I, Those announcers, like, they try too hard. Like, they, they're still not as bad as uh, you moron. And he's not as so, bad as, that, as that, that moron. You moron. That guy, you got it. He's not as bad as that jokester. Um, and, and of course, <laughs> and of course, you've got 
Jack Edwards. I mean, he's probably the all-time worst announcer oh, in the you. history of the NHL. How many like, times are we going to bring Edwards up in this podcast? I think he's got more airtime than Leonard. He might. I just <laughs> when I hear his name, I just I wish somebody would bludgeon me with a bat. Luckily, I don't watch Boston. Well, never. I will never watch that idiot ever announce a game. The dude's an idiot. I'm kind of glad you're going on the rant because there isn't really much to talk about in this one except for. Oh, no. Setting up in the slot all game long, huh? Did did Detroit. Who's the goalie? Did Detroit dress in a Predators uniform for this game? Because it uh, didn't look yeah, like I think the Predators. They were pretty disguised out there. No, well, Detroit's, Detroit's got their whole their own set of issues. Which we'll well, here. big save, Dave was more like no save, Dave. No show, Dave. <laughs> He's an no show. He's an no show. I don't. I don't know where the heck he was. <laughs> he was out to lunch. He was just worrying about where he's going to go meet Leonard after the game. It was an ugly six to one loss. Tomasito scores the only goal, and Yossi extended his streak to eleven games. So at least he keeps it going. And the Kings did get an empty net goal. Uh, oh, oh, wait, yeah, because Riddick played the puck to a King, which was Quentin Byfield. Which oh, I mean, yeah. it technically wasn't a net goal, but it pretty much was because right. he he had the whole wide open net. <sighs> and of course they got out shot again 35-25 yeah <laughs> so, and in the first parade breakdown the Kings led the shots 14-8 to so another slow start for the Predators and the Kings again uh, well this time the Predators Came out a little bit. So 11 to 10 in favor of the Kings. And then the third period, 10 to 7. So, I mean, yeah, maybe the Kings did shut them down. And then, well, they got a day off, but it was a travel day because then they went to Vegas. And, I, you know, I just kind of my fault. You know, I, I put in a bet, you know, because I know how you uh, bet the, the, score, the, the score of the game. So I was like, yeah, let me try that. Well, I uh, put a bet in the Preds would win four or two. Well, it wasn't even close because uh, it was more. Party. Yeah. Party. That's never that's never a good thing in an NHL game. No, trust me, I've been watching it quite frequently with the last week. Or two weeks, but, or maybe I mean, three months. I mean, I, not not to uh, say he's the only guy in the team, but Tanner know he took warm-ups, but then he left uh, before the game because his he had to, he went back to Nashville because uh, for the birth of his wife, um, actually his to uh, the first baby, his oh, wife. Congratulations, uh, to I, Tanner. Not, uh, not sure. Him, you know, give him a kudos in case you ever listen to this. Give him a shout out. I'm not sure if I'm not sure if it was born yet, but they were waiting on it. So, um, oh come on, even even hot dog fingers, freaking, you know, even he went home while his wife was like in labor. Yeah, well, so he just wanted to get away. Yeah, no, so you know, uh, 
Yeah, so Jeannot had to went back to for his uh, wife. So, uh, Forsberg did have a nice goal from Yossi. Um, that made it 3-1. to one. So, I think that was the closest it got. And, that, of course, that, that with that one, um, uh, Yossi extended his point streak to 12 games now. Nice. And it just not only... Was it the but turnovers in the slot turn? I mean, the 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 one of the goals. Hold on, what did you just say? Say that again. Turnovers. Thank you. You just did all three of my recaps. Let's move right so, to the next segment. So the turnovers. Um, I don't. I didn't. I didn't catch who it was. Uh, one of the Predators defensemen had the puck. He actually had the puck. Uh, right nearer than that, and I don't know what the heck he did. I don't know if he thought. I mean, Vegas isn't that close in colors. He just gave it right to a Vegas Golden Knight, and he scored a goal. You know, let's, let me. Just, and, I want. I want to say this really quick because it pertains to this game. Um, you know, I. I wish I had an update, but did you see the cheap shot that uh, Forsberg laid? I didn't see that one. No, but um, he set Brett Howden to the hospital with a cheap shot. I didn't. I didn't hear about that. Got stretchered off. Um, I don't know. I, I, can't, I sent it I, to you in a text message yeah, a while back. Not not in this game. So yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Check, um, check your text messages. I didn't get to get any. Yeah, it was actually a pretty. I mean, honestly, it was an. You know, more than this one. That Eichel, If you take a look at that yeah. hit. Um, I just want to talk about it because it could be like there's people posting online that it was dirty and cheap. And well, I it, can't. It wasn't. It wasn't. I didn't see it, so I can't comment. It, it wasn't. It. A, I'm going to defend Philip Forsberg right now. It was not a cheap hit. Um, it was just an unfortunate, you know, he's coming in for the check and Howden just lost it. He lost an edge and Forsberg was off balance expecting to go shoulder to shoulder with him like a normal check. Oh, I think and I did see that. Yeah, well, he's I going think, to go shoulder to shoulder. I didn't think it was that bad. He just well, yeah, he got stretchered off the he got stretchered off the ice. I mean, he oh, I didn't first. see that. I don't. Yeah, well, oh, maybe that. Oh, that. Oh, that might have been. That might have been something else. That might have been another hat. Yeah, but I mean, if you watch it, when you do, he was coming in. He was shoulder to shoulder, going to make a hit. So he's off balance, expecting to hit Howden. Howden loses his edge before Philip even gets there. So he's going down. Philip has nobody to lean on, so he's going down. And it was just like a domino effect. And, you know, unfortunately, it was right up against the boards. And, you know, hopefully, you know, I well wishes to, to Brett Howden. I hope he's okay. I hope he's out of the hospital. And, you know, I hope he has a speedy return. I know the Vegas Golden Knights don't. They'll probably put him on long-term IR, which we'll get into. It's just going to lead me to a rant. So why don't you go ahead and finish? Well, so um... – you know, Eichel scored in this one. He made it four to one. Dadanov scored three to nothing, which we'll get into that a little bit later. We, I, you know, we all thought he was supposed to be going to the Ducks, which we probably would have saw him the first game or the second game of this trip. But so <laughs> that that pretty much wraps up my. Uh, my recaps this week. That's good. <laughs> so two and two is eh, you know. Well, I've got three games here to recap, and I'm not too enthused about it. Um, you know, we went 
you know, one one for two on this uh, in this last week. You know, he started off with a crack in first period. Ned just bailed him out, felt, you know, shot after shot after shot after shot. They went 10 minutes, 10 minutes before the Red Wings even had a freaking shot on net. So Ned is taking all these shots in the first period, and Detroit couldn't even mount one shot in the first period. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. You are not going to win a game if you're not getting any shots on goal. And it's disgusting. And this is a coaching – I mean, it, it is disgusting, the coaching that, that the Red Wings have right now. And I've said this in a previous episode. The coaching has got to change. And I think Steve Eiserman is going to make that happen because last year at this time, he was defending Jeff Blashill. He's saying, you know, we have to give him something to work with. We're giving this guy a team. You know, he, he's he's familiar with these guys. This year when he's questioned about it, after the trade deadline, Eiserman says, I have no comment on that. Our comment is to finish this season strong. Jeff and I will sit down and have a conversation on the future of this team after the season. So we need to pack his bags. You know, I'm leaving on a jet plane. We don't have music for that, but I'm going to say it. I hope he is long gone after what I saw after these three games. What? So, so we're back at it. What, what did you say about? What did you say about? None. Yeah. That was all. That that was all the Kraken. The Kraken had all the shots. Um, you know, the Wings were frustrated. You could tell they were frustrated. Heads down, like they they couldn't connect it with the pass. It was sloppy. I mean, fundamental sure. hockey. Did I watch youth hockey teams at a you know sounds like a high level? No, not not even beer league. It, it, beer league is much better than what I saw out there. It doesn't even sound our, like our teams at all. Even no. our old team. No, no, <laughs> it, it's much better with our old team. Yeah, I mean, I don't you're about a professional that. hockey player making millions of dollars a year. I expect, as I watch this game, to you to make a good pass. And I'm not going to say this in every recap because that is what happened in every freaking game, even against the Flyers, which they won. And I'm going to get into that. They had no – I mean, just fu- the fundamentals of hockey went out the window. And, you know, the Kraken just took advantage of that. He had Ned had to make 17 saves in, you know – Immediately, pretty much immediately in the first period, this guy's making, you know, he has to make 17 freaking saves. Like, who, who, why is that? Where's the rest of the team? You know, you have Kettle. bad penalties. You know, Larkin took a cross check out of frustration. Um, you know, Vlad Nemestikov, who's no longer a Red Wing, he was, you know, he was dealt, um, you know, at the trade deadline. You know, he dropped the gloves. He was frustrated. He took a little slash to the back of the legs, and that was it. So did you have, did you have another... No, believe it or not. Believe like it or the Predators did? No, believe it or no. not, not in this game. Um, they had some bad penalties. You know, Raymond, he's a rookie. He was trying to dump the puck out, threw it over the glass. You know, it happens. It was a five-on-three. But the nice thing is as soon as that five-on-three happened, Larkin gets out of the box. You know, he has a no-look pass across the ice to Joey Valeno, and they get the goal. So they're being outshot, but they still take the lead. Now, this is where I get pathetic. So now now they're in – so the cool thing is they're in Seattle. Everybody's screaming, let's go Red Wings. That was kind of cool. Heard it through two periods. Um, they're not going to yell, yell, score crackers. Right. That's true. That's true. <laughs> oh, uh, wait a minute. I forgot. They're, they're the Kraken. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> but um, but then they had you know Hiroshi scores a goal. Taro Hiroshi. Not many of you know who he is. Um, I don't know if I have any fair weather fans listening. Doesn't matter. Yeah, she was on the to enjoy it. Who Taro Hiroshi? What do you want for him? Don't know. What would you Not. take for him? Just curious. Maybe Luke Cunning. He hasn't done much lately. Okay, I'll take him. You can have a professional AHL player. I'll take an NHL caliber player. The trade deadline's the trade deadline's over, though. So. Yeah, and you're also not Poyle, and I'm also not Eiserman. And we be on uh, this podcast right now. And I'm uh, not drinking and watching our teams. Well, so. yeah, one of them. But it, it, it would probably get reversed anyway. So the the wings were one for one on the power play, three for three on the penalty kill. They did okay in the second period. Third period comes out. Oh my God! The positioning was garbage. Players out of players out of place. Passes they can't connect, and it's like you got to be kidding me. Troy Stetcher, who they end up um, getting for a bag, they got a bag of pucks for this guy. Do you have to beep every single time I talk? There's a noise every single sentence I have. There's a noise or a song. I need to have controls of these things because I'm just gonna play a song on loop when you talk. It's going to be the same thing all conversation. But I'm, get, I'm getting mad because my team is garbage. The positioning was garbage. We not as bad as the Predators, dude. You, you got to stop with the Preds are not as bad as they the just Reds. got blo- two, twelve where goals. They, where are they in the standings, bro? Twelve. Where 12. are they? They're in the wild card. Detroit's fighting for a, a, a lottery spot. Yeah, Come but on. at least Back at least the nuts, man. They're not. At least, they're not even close. You can't. That's like comparing a Mercedes at to least, like a 1990 Toyota pickup truck, like you see at, in Afghanistan. At least, at least Detroit didn't give up 12 goals in two games. Dude, they gave up 49 goals and sit like nine games. So shut the yapper. Enough. Yeah, if you want to talk about the Red Wings 10 years ago, yeah, we can do that. We can say, yeah, Detroit was, you know, a powerhouse, 28 freaking power, uh, whatever, playoffs. Now I'm tongue-tied because you pissed me off. This team is garbage. The team that Detroit has on the ice, it's actually, they're not garbage. It's the coaching, you know, I, I'm sorry. Well, you can put some of this on the players. You should be making better passes. But when this the system is defunct and they don't have the buy-in of the coach anymore, this is the results that you're going to get. And this is why Jeff Blashill is not going to be back with the Red Wings next year. Mark my words, Red Wings fans. We, no, I know. I know. I'm calling it right now. We will not have Jeff Blashill behind the bench. Is there Eiserman, a bet? Eiserman is going to clear. <laughs> there's no bet. I, I'm just, we, we can I bet mean, it if you want. I'll, I'll no, uh, no I mean. It, a clean house behind that bench. It's is there? happen. Is there an over-under on that on the betting apps? A million percent chance it's going to be over because he's gone. I'm sorry. He sucks. He's a terrible coach. Okay. He's got a funny look. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's an AHL, so he, AHL coach, and that's where he's going to end up after this season. So you think, he, he's, you think he's going to be gone the, yeah, the la, the la, the la, after the last game of the season? Wait, wait, till my, wait till my Islanders, and I'll tell you exactly why he's going to be gone. I'll tell you exactly why. So now – so now we're in the third period of this Kraken game, and they get the next four goals. I'm not going to say who scored. It doesn't matter. Um, there was a couple of unfortunate bounces. Like, we can't blame Nadalkovich for this. He did not lose this game. It was a poor system, poor execution, and everything went to, to heck in a handbasket out in front of him. 
So, he, you know, he was hung out to dry. Like when Troy Stetcher, I don't know how, I have no idea how Schwartz ended up so deep behind Stetcher. I mean, I, it, it's, it's mind-boggling to me that he was 10 feet behind Schwartz and allowed that breakaway to happen. The pass came from down behind the net of the Kraken. Why is there somebody wide open beyond center ice? Now, as you move forward, that would have been an illegal goal, what, 10 years ago with the two-line pass? But they eliminated that from the game to create more opportunities like that. And how Troy Stetcher allowed that to happen, you know what, adios. I don't know where you went. I don't care where you went. You're going to end up playing beer league hockey somewhere, you scrub. So He could play for our team. Yeah, he'd fit in perfectly with our team. That's how trash he is. He can skate, but he can't do anything else. He'd probably light up, he'd light up the other goalie. So the the Wings had four unanswered goals against, and that was that was the end of the Crackers game. Um, you know, then we had our thousand game recognition for uh, Mark Stahl in Philadelphia. Pretty cool that the Flyers did a little something for him. They put a couple of stuff on the. That's right. Let's give it up. So congratulations, Mark Stahl, on your thousand game. That's quite a. That's quite an achievement. You know, kudos to you. And, you know, hopefully we'll have many more. You have your flubs, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I, I think you're a great locker room guy. I think you, our defense is a weak point, and I think you can really help build the next generation of great defensemen in this league. So congratulations. Kudos to the Flyers for putting it on the board. I hate the Flyers. I hate everything about the Flyers. McEwen is a, a – a, you have a cat noise because all of our listeners, you know what a – you know what noise a cat makes, but that is what—that's Mc McEwen. Um, but, anyways, that was cool. That was pretty cool that they they recognized them. Um, well, it was in Detroit against the Flyers, but it was cool that they were all tapping their sticks and they all got into the game. But that wasn't his actual thousandth game. That was his first game back to Detroit. So I guess I should clarify that. So they were on a road trip when he had his thousandth game. The Flyers really participated, banging the sticks, you know, clapping, give it, getting into it a little bit. Um, so, like I said, kudos to them for for playing along, um, you know. But the cool thing is, in that game, he gets his little crystal from the NHL. The owners of the Red Wings presented him with a custom-made Rolex watch. Um, Eiserman um, came out to give him the the crystal award for for his thousandth game i can't say that many more times it's a tongue twister for me um but then dylan larkin got presented him with the the silver stick and the cool thing was he had custom made silver sticks for each kid like i know the nhl does it gives the kids the sticks but this was actually engraved it was a little bit nicer so that was cool on on larkin um but i think the coolest thing of all is all the Red Wings, each player, I know they're millionaires, so I don't feel terrible for them, but each player on the team contributed a set amount of money, and they got all three of the, well, actually four, there's four Stahl brothers. Jared is a minor leaguer. Um, but all four Stahl brothers, they got them this really nice fishing trip up in northern Canada. Everything's paid for from food, hotel. Um, so the boys are going out on a nice fishing trip. Even though over half of them don't know anything about Detroit or played for Detroit or anything, he's you know they they took care of them all, so that was pretty cool. 
Um, but Joey Valeno, you know, comes off the first goal of the game, second second night in a row that he's had the first goal, which is pretty good. I like that line. I'm starting to I'm starting to like that little grind line that they put out there with Valeno. Um, um, you know, Lindblom, he he's playing or not Lindblom. Oh my god, I'm I'm tongue tying my freaking eh, I can't talk. But with uh, Giovanni Smith, he, I thought Giovanni Smith had a really good game. He's creating a little bit of ruckus out there. You know, he he, uh, you know, he, he's getting into the dirty spots and he's letting his presence be known. He's not a great fighter, but he's willing to fight. You know, I've watched him fight, thinking this guy. You know, he's going to grow into a fighter. He's going to be the enforcer. You know, he he's going to throw the fist, and he does, but he's not good at it. And I like him. I like his his style of play, but I just wish he was a little bit better on his skates when it came to fighting. Had better balance. I've never done it, so I don't know. Um, but I really liked how he played this game. He was setting players up. Um, you know, he 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 really he really uh, I think he created a lot of play out there. So that was that was awesome. He actually set up the Valeno goal. Now. Um, Verona came in. He had a goal. You know, who, who's Mantha? Love it. Cut it out early, but get up. Um, it's but Verona had another goal. Like, the kid's on fire. He's young. He's fast. He generates plays. He, he scores from his he, – he scores Bobby Orr-looking goals. Like, the kid's just great, you know, Mantha, he'll get lucky once in a while. Like they say, the blind squirrel finds a nut every every now and again. That's Mantha. Verana, he's actually keeping a steady pace of putting points on the board, and that's what Detroit needs for, you know, a, he's probably a good, decent second liner, and I think they keep playing him in third and fourth and second and sometimes first. Like, Blashill just has no idea what to do with this kid, which is beyond me. Lucas Raymond keeps I don't think he knows how to do anything. No, no, he doesn't. But Lucas Raymond, he kept the goal scoring going, um, which was great. You know, he, he had a, uh, a nice goal from uh, Gus Lidstrom and Dylan Larkin. Um, you know, got the, got the goal, you know, put him up 3-0. Uh, then you had Joel Farabee scoring a goal. I'm going to talk oh. about Joel Farabee for a second. Oh, that diver. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this guy for a minute. You know why I'm going to talk about this guy? Because he's got to go whine to his mommy about everything that happened Giovanni Smith was mean to me so a little scuffle ensues you know Giovanni Smith throws his hand out puts it along his chest grabs his jersey pull, tries to pull him down to the ground nothing malicious just trying to you know stir the pot a little bit well when that happened Giovanni Smith grabbed his jersey and he just happened to grab his chain as well and it wasn't malicious you can see that he was going for a jersey why you're wearing a chain in hockey? I know Verona does it, and I'm gonna. It, the same goes for him. If you're gonna wear jewelry like that in a game, expect it to get broken. You're playing a tough sport. So as G reaches out, grabs his jersey, pulls him down, breaks his necklace. Didn't even know what happened. Skates to the bench. So next time Giovanni's on the ice, thank you. That's exactly right. Farabee had his mommy McEwen go out there and and jumped him. He's not a he's a okay. Yeah, we'll get to that. But he had this guy go out there and drop the gloves for him. 
Giovanni Smith didn't even know there was a fight happening. Now, that's Bush League to me. You go out there and you at least say, hey, listen, you broke my, my, my guy's necklace. We're going to go. Just to let you know I'm dropping the gloves as soon as this face-off happens. So we're going to fight for me. Yep. Right. I don't know what I believe. Farabee can't do it himself, so he had to have somebody else do it. Like, just he's a chicken. Um, but that, I thought, was Bush League. That was Bush League. That is a Brad Marchand type, type of a play. McEwen is probably one of the best fighters in the league. I'm not going to underestimate him. I'm not going to under, you know, I don't care. That's because all he does. He, he's, a, he's a cat. You, he's a you know what I mean by a cat? It's the P word for a cat. Yep, that is what McEwen is. I'll say to his face, swear to God, state law. Okay, Donnie. Face, but I'll say it to his I'll say it to his face. But that was that was a cheap fight. And 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 I think that there's just no place in the sport for that. You know, grab grab you know, grow a pair of cojones and let him know, hey, I'm dropping the glove. You might still beat his behind, which he probably still would have won that fight. But it wouldn't have been four or five punches before before the pucks you know before the glove before one glove even comes off of his hand so g had the opportunity to drop one glove before he lost balance and fell over um normally you like let the guy know you're gonna fight exactly that's like a code in hockey i mean even darren mccarty would tell his people bob probert would look over and say listen we're going even even zach cassie remember brady to chuck he toyed with that freaking kid. Maybe it was Matt. I think it was Brady. But he toyed with that kid. So there was a cheap shot, and he knew the next time they played, Cassian was going to line up. And he lined up all game. And, and Tuchuk even asked him, so we going? Nope, not yet. We'll go when I tell you I'm ready. And that's happened. That happened. They ended up dropping late in the second period. But he told him, we're going to go. So Tuchuk's like, all right, let's do it. Because he, he just he knew he had to face the music for that that issue, so, but again it's like a it's like an unwritten code in the game. If you're gonna fight somebody, I don't want to get too deep in this. I'm gonna finish this. We'll, we'll get into that. But McEwen, you know you're a chicken. You know what? And there's just no place in the game for that. But, um, you know Oscar Lindblom comes down, scores a goal. Veronica's his second from Larkin and Bertuzzi. There he is bouncing up to the first line get some production. I love that line. I wish they could keep it together all season. Um, but I also like Raymond up there as well. So it's kind of a toss up. So it's hard. I like having that problem in Detroit. Um, but there was better puck movement this game, the better passing. I thought they might've been out of the water. They ended up winning this game. JVR scored a, a, a cheap goal. Like it was, it was all right. But Oscar Sundquist, the new Red Wing, that's who I was tongue-tying myself for earlier. You know, he nets his first as a wing. It was an empty net goal, but, hey, I'll take it. Todd Bertuzzi seals it up. Empty net goal. That was it. Six to three. We take the game. It's over. Moving on to the last game, which was the Islanders game last night. And let me just tell you, Thomas Grice sucks. He sucks. He's, he's in the best position of his Red Wings career right now, which is – off the lineup, out, out completely. He He's done for a couple of games, folks, in case you didn't know the news. Um, he did take that hit um, from Wallstrom in the second period, you know, knocked his block off, and that was it. 
Um, oh, but I do want to go back really quick, and I, I jumped the gun because I was so upset with McEwen. But in the third period, Blashill gave the nod to G to come back on the ice, and he was able to line up against McEwen. And That's right. He got a little payback. He told he told him he's like, "We're going. We're going, bro. We're Revenge. going. We're going to we're going to drop again." And Smith was quicker with the gloves off, but I still think he lost a tilt. But he got he got at least this time he was able to get some some shots in there. Um so yeah, so the payback was there. They even the duel out. Still lost the fight, but he was able to, you know, "Hey, I got my shots on you." Um yeah, getting back to the Islanders game, you know, freaking nine seconds into the game, Bovillier scores a goal. Now, the problem with that is Uh-oh. it shouldn't have been allowed a goal because Josh Bailey should have been called for a penalty. You cannot two-hand slash a player's stick out of his hand, which he did to Hironic, causing um, a on the face On the face-off? No, no, no. As they, were so- going, as they were going down the boards, Hironic's coming over to play the puck. And Bailey slashes his stick out of his hands, oh, takes the puck, there's... puts it in front of Bavillier. If you watch it again, check it out. Obviously, the, our listeners can't see that because uh, I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not whining about that. If it was in the face-off circle, that's a face-off violation, and I believe it's a penalty. Yeah, no, it wasn't in the face-off circle. The play had gone on. It was like eight seconds, maybe six seconds in. So he's going down the side of the board, slashes Ronick's stick oh. out of his hands. The goal is only nine seconds, so. Yeah, and that's that's a penalty. But they didn't call it. It's all right. You know what? I'm I'm not here to blame the refs. They're, they're what was Grace doing? Uh, was he I, like nine I seconds? Nine seconds. I don't seconds. know what he was doing. I, have no, still, I have no idea what he was doing. Still look at the flag from the national anthem. No, I I just he, he's checked out. He I, I say at this point in the game, you put him on. You put him on the drunk. I'd take the drunk all day over Grice. Grice served his purpose. You know, he, he was no good in Detroit when he came. Started off the season okay. I was hopeful, um, you know, because I had a buddy that likes the Islanders, and he was telling me, like, Grice will win you a few games. You know, that's what he's good for. He'll, he'll win the game for you with a team in front of him. He did that in the beginning. I was excited. But then the last half of the season, he's right back into his old ways. I mean, he can't stop a beach ball. I mean, that was a pathetic goal. Um, highlight Mo Cider. Sounds like the stars. reverse hits continue. The reverse hits continue. He absolutely, I forget who he hit. He, he, he freaking, you know, he did it in the Flyers game and JVR and another, I don't even know who the other player was, but it took two people to pay him back. But in this game, he absolutely, you know, he, he blew up Wallstrom. I don't know if you saw that. But he blew up Wallstrom. I mean, he just he reads the hits coming, and everyone's like, "Oh, well, Marshan did that," and everyone was up in a uh, up in a fight and mad about it. They called him out. Well, Cider's hitting people in the square in the chest with his shoulder. He had one against the Flyers too, Willman. Wallstrom. Uh, no, oh, the Flyers. The Wallman. Flyers. Willman yes, Wall- on the Flyers. Wallman. I'm sorry. Okay. Yes. No, Wallman's on on the Red Wings. No, it was Wallstrom. Um, well, he had one against the Flyers. Yeah, no, he yeah, absolutely he did, and he blew that guy up too. And that's when the one I was saying JVR, and it took two people to like you know that that old game where hey you you bend over on all fours behind him and I'll push him over you. Yeah, Max was, Will, Max Willman of the Flyers. Right, 
and that's and that's how he got paid back. And he was just like, okay, it takes two of and you then, to take me out, and I'll take you out. And then the one against the Islanders, you um, just mentioned. But yeah, I mean, he he's hitting people square in the chest. He's not throwing elbows to the face like Marshan does. You know, Marshan's had a couple of clean ones. I know I'm not going to completely slam him on every aspect because I hate his guts. I'll give credit where credit's due. You know, he, he did okay on a few hits, but he tends to get the elbow up and catches people in the face. That's what Tuchuk does. And But but Cider, he's been doing this. What people don't get, this has been most Cider since he came into quote-unquote professional hockey. He did it all the t- while he was in Sweden. He did it all the while he was in the AHL. And he's continuing to do it all the while he is in Detroit. So I hope he keeps that up. And it's really going to make people think twice when he's got the puck, which I think it's going to open him up for more offensive pressure, kind of like a Cal McCarr type player, somebody that can carry the play into the zone and almost take that offensive presence. I, I think Cider will develop into that in the next few years once he makes that presence known. Because if I was an, an opposing team, I'm going to think twice about going to check this kid because I might be going to lay him out cold and the next thing I know, I'm waking up tomorrow trying to remember what the hell just happened. So that was great. Um, and then the payback for the Wallstrom hit, Johnny Pajot, he's another, you know. Got the payback! You know, he, he, he's, he, he's a joke. He's a joke. Got the payback! You know, I don't care if he scored a million goals against Detroit. Johnny Pajot, he's, he's a joke. He had a cheap shot against Sider. Sider passed, dumped the puck back into the defensive zone. And he's skating across center ice with another uh, Islander next to him. And Pajot comes up and completely cheap shots him. He got a penalty for it, an interference penalty. But I thought it should have been more. Just my opinion. I mean, he, it was, he didn't have the puck. He was obviously targeted on the play. So I, I thought that should have been more. But what are you going to do? Um, so it's five on three. And the Wings did absolutely nothing with it. Um, so, I mean, at this point, it's 2 nothing. Barzell on Grice. There's like five shots, two goals, and I'm just praying to God they give this guy the hook. And thank you, Wallstrom, for delivering a violent check, not one that took him out of the game. Well, it did take him out of the game, but not instantly. He was okay. They took him out for concussion protocol, and now I found out today he's going to be out for a little bit, hopefully the remainder of the season. And they can just deal him at the end of the season, cut him, whatever they're going to do with him. He just He's not going to be in a winged wheel next year. If he is, I'll be extremely surprised, and I will start questioning Steve Eiserman, which I don't want to do. Um, but, yeah, Grice gets crushed, and, you know, Brock Nelson scores a goal right before that. It's like seven shots, three goals, and it's like, can, can, can the hockey gods come out and help us at all? So the Wings are just getting comp- – you know, they're, they're getting a lot of shots. See, and this is where I'm going to start blashing Blashill really quick. So I'm going to, I'm going to blast Blashill for a minute and then I'm going to move on so we can get into our next segment. But this is where he was out coached and it was so obvious because the wings are, you know, they're starting to mount a comeback and Blashill doesn't adjust for the adjustments that the Islanders made. So the Islanders went from playing, you know, a typical, you know, a typical man or, you know, a zone and they're, they're playing that defense. Like they're switching up and 
then all of a sudden they go to a box. So if you looked at the shot column, the Red Wings were dominating the shot column. They didn't have any chances, though. Not one of their shots up until the third period was actually a chance. It was They were easily defended, and all the Islanders did was pack the box. The Red Wings could not figure it out. Blashill didn't make any adjustments to counter what Barry Trotz was doing. He set up the box, and it was like Blashill was like a deer in headlights. Like, oh, my God, we're getting a million shots. Why aren't we scoring? You're not scoring because when the puck trickles to the net, I can stop it. I've played goalie once in a beer league, and I could have had just as many saves as no. Sorokin had. I don't know about that. Well, I, I'd feel pretty <laughs> confident because they were not getting any chances. They were getting shots. They weren't getting chances. And yeah, why, well, why Blashill, when, when you identify this, Mickey Redmond pointed it out. Ken Daniels, or I'm sorry, Ken Daniels and Chris Osgood pointed that out. That all they're doing is stacking the box. Expect Blashill to come out with a different um, system in place to counter the box. You know what Blashill did not do? Come out with a different system to offset the box. So all game long, Detroit's playing from the outside. They got a couple of, you know, squeaky, leaky goals, and that was it. And it's like. You know, Suter got a goal. Gagne got a goal. Verona had the assist. Mantha who? But um, the other the other thing that makes me question freaking um, Blashill is there were four and a half minutes left. Detroit finally starts putting pressure on. The wings finally start getting some adequate shots with the last, you know, five and a half minutes. And they score a couple of goals. Like, they're, they're back to life. And if, if people don't remember, Detroit was down against Toronto. It was like 7-1. to one. And in the third period, the Red Wings came out and scored like six goals. So you got to keep that in your brain, that this is a team that can play from behind when they're under severe, dire pressure. And they started to mount a comeback. So you pull the goalie. You pull the goalie. I disagree with that move. I understand your your mindset is, well, we're going to lose anyway, so what does it matter if we let one in? We might as well go all in and try to get a goal because if they score, we lose. If we don't score enough, we lose. So and that just made no sense because you have to score more than the other team. But what I mean is you have that much pressure going on. How can you let them get a free shot on goal to allow – just to completely take the wind out of your sails. You're playing great hockey, five on five. You had pressure. Having a goalie back there at least gave you some chance if they were to come down the ice, you could set it up. Pull them with three minutes. I know it's only a minute and a half from where they, they pulled them, but even three and a half minutes. I would be more comfortable at like two and a half in that scenario. Let them play it out and get that in. But I'm not an NHL coach. I can't pretend to be. I just watch every single Red Wings game and, and kind of see how this plays out. But I would have kept him in. I would have just put – I would have called a timeout after they scored their second goal and said, listen, we're only three goals behind now. We can do this. We have plenty of time. Settle down. Play the positions that you guys practice every single week. You know, take a breath. 
but they're playing a box format. We need you guys to just get penetration inside the box, and your shots are going to have to be quick. Everything is going to have to be quick and high because that's where they were That's where they were scoring was above the glove. So everything has got to be quick and high and penetrate the box. No, no timeout. We'll just pull the goalie. We'll let them score. Funny thing is, the funny thing is, is that Chara tried three times to score a goal. That big doofy idiot hasn't scored a goal in 96 games. He didn't really do much of anything. He's kind of a lunk out there. He's probably going to be retiring. Yep. But that's all I have. That's all I have. I'm done ranting. The Red Wings are in a terrible spot. Blashill sucks. Our goalie issue is hopefully gone for a little while, and I can Uh-oh. breathe easy. But let's let's uh, let's move into the next segment here. Yeah. <laughs> he must have racked up more than three hundred fights. There's always room on a team for a goon. Hit somebody was what the crowd roared. Protection is what you're here. Yeah, so we're going back to uh, the good old enforcer uh, and goon uh, debate. Um, I want to before we get into this. While it's in this topic, I, I just want your opinion. Give me your top three enforcers. Enforcers, not goons, not idiots, but actual enforcers. In your opinion. Um, I really haven't had a chance to think about it. I, I know. I would, like, I'll give you my number one, hands down. If anyone questions me, I'll punch him in the in in the gizzard. Swear to God, state law. Um, Bob Probert. Now, Bob Probert actually did not like to fight. He was crazy off the ice. He was crazy on the ice, but he didn't want to fight. But if you took liberty with his teammates, guess what you had to do? You had to fight him. And he could fight, and he would fight. He just did not like to. Um, I'm going to go with Marty McSorley, and I, I don't like to necessarily bring him up because um, of what he did with Donald Brashear. Like, I don't agree with that. And I thought that I thought that was a real cheap shot on his part, and there's no place in the game, and anything that he's tied to should be eliminated for that. Um, but in his, in his hate, right, he is. But in his heyday, Wayne Gretzky, nobody touched Wayne. Nobody touched Wayne because they had to answer to Marty McSorley. So if you threw a cheap shot on Wayne, guess what? You were lining up against Marty McSorley. And they don't care if it was your number one player or your number one fighter. You had to you had to go after McSorley. You had no choice. There was no option. And my third one, you know, they called him the Grim Reaper, Stu Grimson. You know, I, I – he was kind of a journeyman. He didn't really Former follow Former predator. Anybody. Yeah, he didn't follow anybody around, though. It wasn't like McSorley. But he was a nice... He is the nicest guy. He is, oh, he's yeah. Act, he's he actually is. a lawyer. He's actually a lawyer. But he is a really... He's just, I didn't know He's that. just such a cool guy. He's a really nice guy. He used That's to do, cool. He used to do this radio uh, commentary uh, post game for the Predators. Really? Yeah, see, I like Stu. He played for the Wings for a short stint. Um, but he was another one of those guys. Like like I said, like Probert, he followed Iserman around. Now, McSorley, he really followed Wayne around. They, they played together in Edmonton, and Wayne actually said, 
They wanted him to go to the Kings. And the only way he was going to go to the Kings is if they had a two-way trade and McSorley was a part of it. He was not going to not go without McSorley. So McSorley literally followed Gretzky everywhere he went and, and made sure nobody messed with him. But I, I like bodyguard. Right. But, I mean, that's what Probert was on the ice. Joey Coaster, he's another guy that you can talk about. Like, you know, these guys, you know, they would take their cheap shots. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're the tough guys in the league. But they were the first person you answered to if you did something bad to any one of their teammates. And Stu Grimson is in that list. That man could fight. So, to me, those are my top three enforcers. And to me, an enforcer is a guy who protects his teammates, who's going to, you know, you take a liberty with my guy. And, and I think that's what the NHL needs right now. God knows they got enough. God knows they have enough goons. Yeah, I, I don't even. I don't even. A goon to me is even too nice of a name. Like they're rats. Uh, they're rats. They're scum. Go, goon. McEwen is a goon. He is. Goon, goon is just no. That's that's a perfect name because that's all they do. Goon is. They don't have any skill. They don't. All they do. All they're out there is just being cheap. Cheap shots, get into a fight. Well, what about Marshand? He's one of the best skaters on the ice. I hate the he, man. I, he's that's not, a guy that I would actually. He's not a I goon. Would, he he just does stupid stuff. That's a goon. You just said that's that was not. A goon. That's not. I know. That's a goon is somebody that does just. That's all they do is just cheap shot. But what, start if, what if he does more cheap stuff than McEwen, but he scores a lot more goals? But what would you call that? But he's not a goon. He's been he's been the most suspended and fined person in the like league history. But how is that not a goon? Because he's got skill. So what do you call that's him? That's not then? that's not all he does. He's more like an all around player. Goon goon he's not is all around. He, he's goon goon people. A goon is somebody that's all they do. They don't score. They don't. They don't even know what to. They don't even know what the goal is. That's all. Okay, so what do you, what do you the, call the, the whole, Where does he fall into this? And and Brady Tuchuk and Matt Tuchuk and Max Domi, like power scum, forward scum. No, they're scumbags. They're trash. They take liberty on cheap shots. They're trash. You can call them a goon. You can call them skilled players. Whatever you want to call them, they're trash. When you slew foot somebody into the boards with the intent to hurt them, or you lick somebody's face, or you elbow them when they're coming to check you, or you, you take a guy who's skating backwards on the blue line, he has bad knees, so you go knee to knee with him. You know, that's that's a scumbag goon. That's, that's a scumbag. Yeah, but that's not that's not all they're out there to do. They're that's not their whole their whole but that's their game though. That's I mean, not their whole game. But but They're, it is the whole. But, but if you no, think about but, it, there's actually. But he's out there to score goals. A goon is the all Red all Red they do. A goon, a goon, all they do is they go out there for the shift to try to hit somebody, try to hurt somebody, try to get into a fight with somebody, and then they go to the bench. Okay, well, they don't even try. They don't okay, even try to get the puck. Let's try this again. What do you call Brad Marchand? What do you classify him as? Because it's a, not a skilled player. I'm, I, I, a I'm power forward. Sure. That's not a power forward. That's not a power forward. Yeah, Michael he Rasmussen scores goals. is a power forward. It's a guy he that scores hard into the boards. Yeah, he does score goals. He's a phenomenally gifted athlete 
in the game of hockey. I, I, I'm not I'm not defending Marshawn, but he's not a goon. What What do you call him? Is what I'm saying. We got to call him something and, f- besides a skilled player because J- Jacob Vrana is a skilled player. Philip Forsberg is a skilled player. Taylor um, or Tanner Janot is a skilled player. Like guys that we know that I'm. I'm and that's why there. you need enforcers to protect them skilled players. But but from, you don't. You, but from you the don't. goons like McEwen. Yeah, I mean th- that's when you need an enforcer. You yeah. don't need a, you don't need a goon to to chase a goon. You need an enforcer. So when a guy like McEwen goes out there and lines up against a Giovanni Smith who can't really fight but he's willing to, he's more of a pest. Like that's what they kind of that's what they classify Marshand as is a pest. He's a pest. No, he's a scumbag cheap shot artist. Yeah, I should have yeah. What I wanted to say should have been bleeped out. But but guys like that, to me, are just trash in the game. They're great gifted players, and they take it too far. If you want to get a little nasty, and you want to get a little you know crazy out there, I'm okay with that. You want to be gritty, I'm okay with that. But when you intentionally try to hurt somebody, and you do it game after game, when you slew foot people, when you elbow people. Jared Stoll take- was that way. Yeah, exactly. Jared Stoll was a goon. But when you do, but now you're saying that that's a goon. So are you saying that you can have skilled players who are goons? No, I didn't say he was. I, he he wasn't that uh, skilled. He wasn't terrible. He wasn't as skilled as Marshan. No, but what I'm going to say is, I think goons can also score nowadays. I think that that no. I mean, I, I, Ty not, Domi not, back in the day was a goon. That was a goon. He scored Matthew goals. Barnaby was a goon. You know, those are goons. Because oh, you now, now you're going to upset the Sabres fans that are listening. No, I don't care about that. Now, <laughs> Rob Ray was an enforcer. He fought to protect. He fought knowing opponents. He didn't go crazy and intentionally try to hurt people. He didn't go nuts and you know, take liberties at people unknowingly. He fought willing combatants that wanted to go toe-to-toe with him. And that's why they need to bring the enforcer back. And for some reason, the NHL does not uh, want the enforcer. Why? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. They're, it's like I'm they're gonna... trying to get rid of that. Yeah, it's stupid, and I'll tell you why. And that's stupid. and that's why that you know I want to bring that's I think that's why you're getting all these head hits and head you know high sticks and head head contacts. Okay, and, I'm, you know, I'm Dan. Like do you I, have Netflix? Like I was saying, a couple. Uh, do you have Netflix? Not anymore. You don't have Netflix. Watch this on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it somewhere. Watch the show. It's like a movie. It's a short film. About it's called Ice Guardians. I've heard. I'm going on. I'm going on record right now because I want to talk about this next show. uh, No advertising. It's not advertising. (laughs) I'm just telling you. I want you to watch that show. I don't know who produced it. I don't care who produced it. Watch that show, that movie, if you will, because they explain a lot of information in there. And one thing that that they say, and I might have my number wrong here, but since they've eliminated the enforcer from the game. Concussions have gone up twenty to thirty percent 
Yeah, because everybody's hitting their head. They're they're hitting high because, because, because they, they don't, don't have to have answer, to the, answer bell. to the bell. They don't have you to got foot. it. That's right. So now you take it now. I mean, I know this is very different, but if you take Bob Probert in his prime, put him in Giovanni Smith's place, you have Marshawn goes out there and slew foots Larkin into the board or, or Lucas Raymond into the boards. You know what? As they're matching lines, it wouldn't be Blashill because he's an idiot. Well, I'm going to use his name anyway. Blashill's going to say, Bobby, you're going to be on the first line the next shift. So you're going to have Larkin. That's and what Raymond. Bowman did. It is what Bowman did with Darren McCarty. I mean, exactly. But you have, but he'll say, Bobby, you're on the first line on the next shift. So. As soon as they line up for the face-off, guess who's going to be standing next to Brad Marchand? And he's going to be told, we're fighting. If you don't drop the gloves, I'm still going to whoop your beep. And if you if you do drop the gloves, I'm going to whoop your beep. Because we're fighting. Whether you want to or not. Like You, you can't skate away from this. Because I will pull you, I will grab you, and you will answer the bell. And I don't care how we do it. I'll chase you around the entire rink. Like Bob Probert did in Buffalo when uh, I forget his name took a cheap shot on Steve Eiserman. He punched the mask off of Tom Barrasso just so he could get to this guy. And while the while he was on all fours, Probert came up with a cheap shot and paid him back. You take a liberty on my player, on my captain, I'm taking you out. So you pay back. That's right. So you can't escape it. You can't escape a guy like Bob Probert or Stu Grimson or Joey Koser. You're not escaping that. So you're paying the price no matter where you go. So as soon as you're on the ice, until you answer that bell, you're not getting away from this guy. Now, if you take that and put that in today's game, do you see do you see the shenanigans that these players do, like the Ty Domi or the Max Domi's and the Marchands? Do you see it, Dan? They give them a penalty for trying to defend their players. Doesn't it's matter. Like, um, wait a minute. Uh, what about the other guy? <laughs> right, and they they fail to see that a lot. But I mean, what what do you think? I mean, do you think do you think that that would change the 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 dynamic of today's game? Do you think it would make it a cleaner game to bring the enforcers back? Because right now it's a pretty oh. dirty sport. Oh, definitely, it won't be seeing these head hits and slew foots and kneeing and and these hits from the board. And I mean, a lot of times, you know, you'll see the players uh, turn their back. They know they're going to get hit, so they turn their back. Uh, I don't know if they're, you know, they're they're just trying to get a call because they know they're going to get a call, or you know, it's kind of a uh, thing to do because, um, you know, back in the day, back in the day, you know, you take the hit, and then 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 your enforcer comes and uh, right, yeah, I mean it's. I, I agree. I, I agree with you. Um, unfortunately, our our you know our opinions don't matter. But you know, I think all it's going to take. I think McEwen. I, I hope McEwen is the start of bringing back players like that that just fight. But I will say, Bob Probert also went to the All Star game because he scored a lot of goals too. That's because he's an enforcer, not a goon. But you know, I just but I still think like. Marshawn taking a cheap shot on Nicholas Cronwall several years ago. You know, he had the knee injury. 
took him out from behind. Didn't even, I mean, it was so blatant. And that's the kind of stuff that if the Red Wings had a Darren McCarty, uh, uh, a Joey Coaster, um, Bobby Probert, you're not going to see that. Those, those types of things aren't going to happen. And we can't uh, we we can't leave this talk without talking about the turtle, but we can talk about that uh, uh, later on in the show. But um, as much as I'd like to keep this conversation going, we need to move on. Move, move. Uh, yeah, there's some big news. Move on. In the NHL um, first, first, um, I want to go uh, an update on the NHL hit uh, stat that the uh, that we were talking about a couple shows ago. Uh, actually, we visited last week. Um, I'm interested to hear this. So, the, um, an NHL hit, according to the NHL, that opposing player must have the puck or have just gotten rid of it within three seconds to be eligible to get hit. Contact must impede the opposing player in some manner, at least slow him up with direct contact. So and, you can, oh, sorry, and, and contact must be also uh, must also be intentional and legal for it to register as a hit in the stats. So let me get this straight. You and I are skating down the ice side by side, and I change my direction by three degrees, and I make contact with you. Who's got knocking the... you off stride? You have the Who's... Puck. Barely knocking you off stride, and that's considered a hit. Uh, yeah, because you impeded me, and so, then you probably can get the puck. So, according to the NHL, I, it is. So I think if I, I think the hit stat completely useless now. Oh, I think that, it bears zero. Yeah. Impact oh, on anything. Because Tanner Janot is leading. I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, that just means he can skate just as fast as anybody with the puck. Essentially, because he made contact and knocked them, bumped them two inches to the left and made him curl back. That's considered a hit. Like to me, that's not a hit. A hit to me is like well, actually cor- making like enough contact, but there's no gauge. Yeah. It's not like you're wearing a sensor that says, "Oh, he he moved me 13 degrees." That's a hit. According that's- to the NHL, it is, but maybe it's the uh, the the wussification of <laughs> NHL. <laughs> But what I'm thinking is that it's – I just think it's a useless stat. I think there's definitely a spot for hitting. I think it's a tactic in the game to obviously knock somebody off the puck and to, to try to gain possession. But, I mean, if you're going to count skating down the ice and going shoulder to shoulder with somebody, each of you trying to, to get possession of the puck, that's not a hit to me. That's a hockey play. That's not a hit. Yeah, well, like I said, this what uh, the stat category came out in two thousand three. Would I say? Yep. Now, do you think it's a useless stat, or do you think it's relevant? You know, there's just so many stats nowadays. You need like uh, 50, <laughs> 50 people in the arena just to keep track of stats alone, not counting everything so, else. It's so like, many stats, and that doesn't include goals. Though. I mean, some of these it, 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 it's getting out of hand. I mean, it's like. Yep. Oh, they just got a goal in the third game of the month to win when they're when they're coming back from a. With, you know, the the coach stands on his right foot and his left shoe's untied. And Blashell's chewing gum. <laughs> right, 
touches his glasses. If he touches glasses 40 times, they win. Like, yeah, like, who, who cares? All right. So we got some uh, moving on to the NHL news. We got some interesting, uh, interesting news here. And uh, I think uh, Vegas might have some. I got problems, I got problems, I got problems. Oh, sure they do. $9 million worth. Got 99 problems. Yep, they have nine million. If I'm, it, it, when I read this, when I wrote this number down, they have to clear nine million dollars to make this happen. They're screwed. Uh, They're screwed. Yeah, and that's why. Um, remember, we were mentioning the Dodonov trade, which um, it actually uh, got canceled because of the no trade clause that he had. See, but that um, was clearly. A cap so, space dump. Yeah, and that's really going to hurt Vegas, be, uh, having that, even though he did score against the Predators. But Who, who's I think, their GM again? I, I got to look. I, I, I got to look it up because you know what? If that's um, if that's if I'm the owner of that team, then guess what? That dude's out of a job because he tried. To, he did everything he could. Nobody wanted the Donoff. The Ducks said we'll take them. They were in such a hurry to, to dump cap space because Stone's ready to come back, correct? Or is he back already? Uh, he is on... Is he I still on he, long-term IR? I believe he's still on long-term IR. Um, Kelly McCrimmon is the general Kelly manager. Yep. So if I'm... So, and... So with the uh, with the Dunoff, uh staying with Vegas, he's got a five million dollar cap hit this year and next year, and they're already over uh, the cap. The cap their their cap hit is ninety two million. Uh, their projected uh, long term IR used is ten million, and of course, um, I mean they're they're screwed. They're screwed because if the, now my question is, and, and this is something I think we should try to find an answer to if we can, I'm going to reach out to some resources and see if I can get an answer and we should try this. But what is the penalty if they fake an injury and put somebody on long-term IR to pull the Tampa Bay lightning move? So what if, what if Mark Stone is actually ready to come back but they're having the doctor keep saying, no, he's not ready. No, he's not ready. And then um, the first game of the playoffs, there's Mark Stone ready to go. Like, that's fishy. There should be rules against it. And I think they need to change the cap. But what is, he, if there is one, what is the penalty to the Golden Knights for holding people in a holding cell in long-term IR for the playoffs? He's on, uh, yeah, he is on long term IR. He, his cap hit is 9.5 million. Martinez is also on L, uh, T, L, LTIR because they can't it, bring him back. His cap hit is 5 million. So you have 14 um, million right there. And then, the then you got Riley Smith. His cap hit is 5 million. Okay. And then you got four million. Uh, regular injured reserve. Max Pacioretty, seven million. Robin Leonard, five million. And then McNabb is only, only two million. Um, so, 
What are they going to do? I mean, are they just going to drop everybody and then, for and then, playoff time? Then, uh, then of course, you know, they just made that trade from Buffalo. I mean, it was a, kind of a dumb trade. It looked financially. I mean, not yeah, the, a hockey side. That's what I mean. Like, um, who's running their front he, office? Like, how he's making $10 million. See, I mean, here, here's I the think thing. they were over the cap pit before that, before See, he came. I bet you, and I don't know this for sure, I wasn't in the war room for any team, but I bet you Vegas tried to offload a number of players to make room for some of these guys on long-term IR, and nobody wanted them. Who's going to want the cap hit? Like, that's – I mean, they gave out – that's almost like a Ken Holland style of well, just paying whatever they want, paying whatever they want just to get them here. It sounds like the Yankees in the it, baseball right. world. But what do you but do? They, they didn't have a cap. So, so they probably wanted to offload some people, and all these teams are like, no, we don't want this guy for $9 million a year. You can keep and, him. And vice versa. Same with the Donov. Like, hey, he's $5 million a year? Yeah, we don't need him. Oh, well, great, whatever. Ducks get pick up the phone. Hey, I heard you're trying to offload the Donov. We'll take him. Oh, you will? They, there he goes. Go. And they, get him out of here. And oh, they wait. don't really. We forgot and they to don't, read the Donoff's freaking contract because he can't go to the Ducks. And they don't really have any draft picks this year. They got a round two because they traded away the first round draft pick, and then they got the Rangers' third round pick, and then they got their fifth round pick and Chicago's fifth round pick, and then of course the sixth and seventh. So, right, they, they don't weigh all their freaking picks. So you know just that's to get, just to get the freaking. Players to get there. They, Look what they, happened. They were trying to buy a Stanley Cup, and I, I'm wondering: it, did, did this come back? Did this, has this gone on since uh, uh, when they, the first year there? Um, when they come in the league um, a couple years ago, and when 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 they went to Stanley Cup, is this is this like a holdover from that? No, no, it's not a holdover because is, I, I don't. To, they're trying to not grow organically. They're trying to buy themselves a cup and bring some kind of a championship to Vegas for the first time ever. Because a lot of their players were there, you know, in the cup when they ran the cup. Like Carlson right. and Marcheseau. Well, not Donna. Yeah. But, yeah, but, what, but here's my question. Are they going to get away with unloading all those guys for the playoffs? Well, Tampa Bay did. Tampa Bay did it with one player. Well, I still thought that was pretty crappy. They did it with one player. And you've got Tampa Bay. I'm sorry. You've got Vegas that's got like seven guys. The core of their team is on some kind of injured reserve. Now, are they all magically going to just be ready to go for playoff time? And if so, is the NHL going to step in and say, this is ridiculous? Because guess what's going to happen next year? You know, if Detroit's making a playoff push, oh, yep, Larkin went hard into the boards. We're not going to rush you back, kid. You got back spasms. We're not going to rush you back. We're going to put you on long-term IR, and that's going to be it. Bertuzzi, oh, you twisted your ankle? Yeah, we're going to put you on on injured reserve for the remainder of the season. And we're going to rehab that. We can't have you on the ice. We need to have you return when you're ready to return. And I would just start – I mean, you're going to see every team do – oh, Philip Forsberg, we're in the playoffs. Oh, you took that hit hard. You know, oh, I just – you know, I got a cramp. All right, well, go 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 in the back. Oh, it's a sprained hamstring. We're going to put you on long-term IR. Like, every team is going to start playing this game 
because that's what that's the precedent that was set. You know, that's that's what they decided that they were going to do. And it's like, you know, the NHL is now allowing this. Like, how how can you allow that to continuously happen? Yeah. So uh, uh, moving moving on. Um... Um, in other news, uh, Hathaway from the Capitals, well, he was fine for embellishing. And I think we didn't we uh, touch on the uh, embellishing issue. We were wondering uh, if he, you know, they got, also got fined. Uh, he didn't get suspended; he just got fined. And that's a judgment call, though. I think that's tough. I think that's tough. Like, yeah, you see embellishment quite a bit, and I've seen some questionable calls for embellishment that I didn't feel were embellishment. Um, so, I mean, it's got to be pretty – I don't think I saw that one, but that's got to be pretty blatant to get fined for embellishment. Yeah, and uh, Corpus is, is out now with hip injury. I did see that. Um... How long is he out for? I don't didn't I don't have that. Uh, I think he's going to be out at least for the remainder of the season. Um, I believe. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have surgery or not. But um, Chicago's they're 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 in a little world little, little uh, problems themselves. Um, you know they just uh, with the trade the flurry trade and everything and. Now their captain uh, Jonathan Taze is disheartened over the trades, and and they made another trade too. I don't remember who they got rid of, but he was pretty upset by that trade as well. Uh, speaking of Taze, he's closing in on one thousand games, so there's another there's another one thousand game milestone this year. I feel like he's dropped off quite a bit. I've had him in fantasy, you know, and he just he hasn't done. He just hasn't done much. Like I just, I feel like I he's kind of peaked. His, has his injuries? Has he? He's had injuries, right? Um, yeah, he was injured. I wonder if his injuries oh, are. I wonder if his injuries are catching up to him. Yeah, probably. And of course, uh, kind of a minor news: <clears throat> the Canadians are officially eliminated after going to the Stanley Cup last year, even though it was. Um, it was. Uh, Eastern Eastern Conference against Eastern Conference, so he kind of can't really can't, can't really say much about that. But um, I think that's <clears throat> excuse me, that's pretty much all the news we got for this week. Um, yeah, I, I think so. That, I think that's a lot of it. Oh, and I just saw something. Um, Howden is is not. Seriously injured, oh, even good. though he even though he's out indefinitely. Even though he was cheap shotted. Even though he's out indefinitely. Um, so <clears throat> let's uh, move on to the uh, uh, game previews for <clears throat> next week. Um, Do I have to? Want, well, I guess. Uh, I mean, I. Could, I'm just but... kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it it can't get much worse. I'm and and let's start doing this, Dan. I think this would be fun. I think it would be fun to kind of go through this. Um, you can call me out. I'm kind of throwing a curveball at you here, but let's let's go through the upcoming games, and let's say how many wins, how many losses, and see how close we are. You want to do it? 
Okay, let me write this down. Yep, keep track. We'll keep. It's not like the lamp, but it's our own little. Who knows their team? I'm, I still, I'm still not sure how that works. I don't know what it's for. Uh, you get points for stuff. Like if you take a goalie and they make like so many saves, and well, you get a point. Well, if, if I would never pick out, a goalie on them. So many more points. <laughs> Why would they want to pick a goal? You, well, well, when you got Nedeljkovic saving oh, 50 wow. shots a game, it's like six points. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right, so I'll, I'll go. So the Red Wings have Tampa Bay. That's a loss. It's at home, but that's a loss. They travel to Pittsburgh. I think they're going to beat Pittsburgh. So Tampa Bay is home. In Detroit. Pittsburgh is at Pittsburgh. At that PPG. Well, the Rangers just absolutely. No, well, they. I, I thought they chased the goalie, but it. I heard later on that. Uh, I'm gonna go. Detroit Smith got injured. Game. I'm gonna say Detroit goes two and one. Tampa Bay loss. Pittsburgh win. New York Rangers win. I'm gonna come on next week and just rant. Oh, then. Again. Oh, oh. So you do have the Rangers. Yeah. And that's a, And that's at Rangers. That's in Detroit. That's why I'm going to uh, say we're that's, gonna win Okay, that that's game. a home. Oh. Oh. So you might, uh, you're going to say you're going to be able to hear this? Just a small town girl Living in a lonely world She took the midnight train Going anywhere Never gets old. Just a city Yep, we're going to hear it. I think we're going to hear it. I think we lose at home against Tampa Bay. We beat Pittsburgh. I'm going to say 3-2. to two. We're going to beat the Rangers 3-1. to one. Nope. No, no, no. I take that back. We're going we're gonna to beat Pittsburgh 4-3. to three. And the Rangers, we're going to beat 2-1. to one. Tampa Bay is going to beat us 5-2. to two. Oh, we got to do the scores, too? I'm just doing it for fun. No, oh. I'm not doing the scores. I'm not I, good at picking scores, obviously. Just wins and losses. <laughs> wins and losses. All right. Uh, so you got, you got a little bit uh, busier week than I do, or what well, the Predators do. So the Predators, they got Philly again. This time it's in Nashville. I'm going to go with a, uh, with a win after that uh, two terrible losses. Are you? Yeah. And, and plus, the, um, the way they lost to Philadelphia in Philadelphia, I think they're going to be ready ready to ready to take it to them. And hopefully McEwen doesn't do his um, usual stuff. He's going. Then, I might. I might actually watch that game. I want to see Janelle. That one is sun. Uh, as, Sunday at six. That's right? Sunday. Yeah. As 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 record as we record. Uh, that's on Sunday. And then they go to uh, Tuesday. They go to or they they no, they, home they, against Ottawa. They, they stay home against Ottawa. They're staying in Seattle. And I'm gonna give them a win on that. So I think they're gonna go two and zero next week. Uh. At, it, it, it this will be on the next episode because it'll be during a recording as we record on Friday. Uh, the Predators are going to be going to Buffalo against our hometown um, Sabres. Who not so that so during so that will not be final at the time of our recording. 
so that would be. We're thinking we might, so, we might add a little so that, to that one. So yeah, so stay tuned for some exciting, uh, exciting news for uh, or exciting Upcoming happenings episodes. for uh, episode seven. Um, actually, episode eight because next so week is think, episode seven. So you think you guys are gonna go? What did you say that you guys are gonna go? I think I'm gonna go two and zero. Oh. Two and zero. Oh. I think you can beat the Flyers. I think you can beat the Senators. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Um, As, you know, especially we... since they are in a in a hunt. Uh, they're chasing. They're they're leading the uh, wild card uh, over Dallas by three points, but they're right behind St. Louis with uh, one point behind St. Louis and two points behind the Wild for a second and third in the division. So. They they got to get their act together and and really really kick it in another gear if they want to get the top two or two or three uh, spot in the in the division. Yeah, I think I think the Predators are making a last a, a good push here. Like I said, I still I'm still confident what the Predators are are capable of doing here at the end of the season. They're I feel like they're a strong end of year team, so we'll we'll see what happens. But is that all you got for recaps? Because I have to finish off with something here. Yeah. <laughs> so, in my household, there are, well, there's many drinking days. But the celebratory drinking days in my house are my birthday. I like to have a few. Holidays. St. Patty's Day. I will have a few. Obviously, St. Patrick's Day. And March twenty sixth. Oh. That is my hockey holiday. If uh, I'm and sure Dan, a lot of our Dan, listeners know what that is. And Dan, why is March twenty sixth my hockey holiday? The Turtle Day. The Turtle Day. <laughs> so, quick story. So, for those of you listening who might be Predators fans, the backstory to me. To March 26th is, you know, a season before this happened. Um, 96, 90, yeah, I think it was 96. Chris Draper, you know, ex-grindlinder for the Red Wings. He's a pro scout for them. He's director of scouting. Now is taking a puck, has his back to the play, trying to get the puck. Claude Lemieux comes up and just cross checks him right in the back of the head you moron he had, he had multiple broken bones in his face and his eye i mean fractures in his skull like it was ugly it was a disgusting hit google the, pictures of chris draper injury the ultimate cheap shot it was the ultimate cheap shot by claude lemieux so the next year upcoming the red wings face colorado and they had a little. That's right, but I mean, just the way, just the way the story goes. Cut the music. Just the way the story goes, you get a little tussle up in the boards. You've got, um, you know, you've got um, Colorado's taking some liberties. They're taking some shots, and next thing you know, McCarty gets free from the faceoff dot, and he just starts unloading. Now, that's Detroit's enforcer from the 90s and the 2000s, and he just starts unloading on Claude Lemieux. So you've got Adam Foote 
um, Adam Deadmarsh. Like you've got these guys out there, tough guys, and pretty much now it's all it's all going on. All the players are going well. Even the goalies got into it. Meanwhile, Patrick Waugh sees McCarty pummeling, absolutely pummeling Lemieux. Lemieux needed to be helped off. He didn't know where he was. Major concussion, cut up, blood everywhere. The refs had to clean it. Well, Waugh, full speed, coming down to help Claude Lemieux. Who's there to intercept Patrick Waugh? None other than Brendan Shanahan. Middle center right, they collide. They both go down. Next thing you know, Mike Vernon's down the ice. And, you know, it's just gloves off. And they're going. Looks like Waz going to take the, you know, take the lead. Vernon connects with this vicious left, I believe it was, and just splits Waz wide open like a tomato. And Waz just bleeding everywhere. He had to go off the ice to get repairs. I mean, it was just mayhem. The whole time, and the reason Claude Lemieux is called the turtle is because he falls to the ice as he's getting beat on. He's in the fetal position with his hands over his head like he's hiding in a turtle shell. So that's known as the turtle day. So now one more quick story before I get going here is, so I go to Detroit with my son a couple years later. Not a couple years later, a couple years ago. And we get to meet Darren McCarty and Mickey Redmond. So we get to Darren McCarty, and I'm like, do I ask him? Do I bring it up? Do I say something? And I was like, I'm not going to say anything. He probably gets it all the time. And I was like, you know what? I'm never going to meet this man again. I loved him. He was one of my favorite all-time Red Wings. I loved his game. I'm going to ask him about it. So I was like, hey, Darren, turtle day. And he just puts his head down like he was disgusted for a minute. So I'm nervous now. Here's my son. We're standing there. I've told my son all about the videos. He's watched him. He knows who this guy is. And I'm, I'm like, worried what's going to happen. So he's got his head down. He slowly picks his head up, and he's looking at me with almost like this disgusted look. And I was thinking, oh, boy, I'm going to get embarrassed in front of my son. And all of a sudden, he cracks a little smile, and he goes, he effing deserved it. And I was like, heck yeah, he did. You're darn, you're darn tootin' he deserved that. Every bit of it. And, he, and I said, would you, would you do anything different in today's game? He goes, absolutely not. When you throw a hit like that on my teammate, as blatant and disrespectful that was, not only to the game of hockey, but to my teammate, I would do that any day of the week. I would do it again tomorrow. And now, just for all you folks in Detroit, um, you know, you can go check out Claude Lemieux and Darren McCarty. They're going to be doing a joint signing. Um, to, to I don't know if they be in the same room. They are. They are. <laughs> yep, they are. They're, I mean, Claude Lemieux is charging like 45 bucks for an autograph. Let's get ready to rumble! Right, I was like, part two. Uh, uh, another turtle? Well, his right. son's a turtle. In turtle the bar. Junior. In the bar. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Fight Night Reloaded. For all you Detroit fans, I can't make it. I wish I could get out there. Uh, but it's going to be in Royal Oak, and they're hosting all the Detroit fans, any any Colorado fans. 
and it's called Fight Night Reloaded. You know, there's tickets for the event. It's 50 bucks. It's going to charity. Um, you know, they're going to provide autographs. They're going to have communications. And, you know, that's that's pretty much it. It'll be a cool little event. Go check it out. You know, not endorsing it, but, I mean, it's, it's just an opportunity of hockey history going to unfold, and I wish I could make it. But, unfortunately, it's quite a trip from, from upstate New York to Detroit. So, but that's it. That's all Canada. I got. I like it crossing Canada. I don't mind it. Just don't yeah. get gas there. It's too yeah. expensive. So, long show today. Yeah. But a really uh, a lot uh, of good stuff. Jam packed show we had yep. to get hold of. So, yeah, uh, it was a good we'll... show, and we look forward to uh, talking to all you next week. Stay tuned. Again, you know, I'll, I'll probably I'm probably stealing D Law's thunder here, but subscribe. Check us out. We're on all podcasts. You know, just enjoy the show. We're just a couple of, uh, you know, no-name jerks that just like to talk hockey and bus chops, and um, we just have passion in our teams. So with that, so, Dan, wrap us up. You look yeah. good at this. Yeah, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week, Sebastian. Good night, Hockey Town. <laughs>